Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Scorpios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. But I couldn't make the decision of who this head coach was going to be without having the opportunity to speak to other individuals who I think are leaders uh, in their fields and could impact this organization at the level that we needed to impact that. And I will say, you know, one thing you'll learn about our group here is we're going to be diligent, we're going to be thorough, uh, because this organization demands it, this fan base demands it. We're not going to do things the way they've always been done. That was uh, Gerson Rosas, new president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Judd is doing God knows what in Las Vegas right now. We aren't sure. We haven't heard from him in a couple hours. He's tweeting about Division Three college he's, sports. That's well, probably what he's doing. Yeah, St. Thomas got bounced from the Mayak. I saw and, that. And Royce, he's going to have takes on that later on the show. Uh, but Ryan Saunders is the new full-time, no interim tag coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Ryan, first of all, we congratulate you and uh, thank you for coming on the show. But are you a Twins fan, Ryan? I'm a, I'm a big-time Twins fan, so so I'm flying high. Awesome, Good. because Good. we need your help right now. We just opened up a can of worms last segment, we, and we have basketball things we want to ask you. But yep. we're trying to come up with a nickname for the 32-16 and 16 Minnesota Twins. Ooh. And uh, we're just going to run like people during the commercial break have tweeted us some some possible names. Don't for tell the team. them the ones I I gave you. Those were terrible. And no, I we're starting want, with. Those. I don't want to embarrass myself. Well, let's start in with our a first conversation with Ryan Saunders. Uh, the big the big fly boys. <sighs> uh, I, I I don't know about that one. Yeah. All right, <laughs> it's a terrible one. Go ahead and embarrass. What me, about though. the tater tots? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. The tater tots? Well, you don't. You mean you don't mind eating them, or are they like as a nickname? Hey, I don't know. It makes you laugh, puts a smile on your face. It's a heck of a way to lead into the show, guys. There you okay. go. What about what about the Rocco Bombdellies? Oh man! Oh, hey, keep going. Okay, um, the Soda Smash Squad. I actually, this might, this one, this next one might be a winner. This is uh, yeah. I don't think anybody's out doing this. The land of ten thousand rakes. Oh, I love that. Ooh, that's that's clever. That's really good. That's pretty good. That's I, really I like good. That. I like. I think that's the leader. Okay, that's the leader in clubhouse. That might be it. Let me ask you this, then, Ryan. Did you ever have a nickname growing up? And you played basketball your whole life growing yeah, up. I know nicknames nah. fly around locker rooms. I'm. Sh- you have to have had one. Yeah. No. Nah, I mean, mine was basic, so it's nothing fancy. Just Rhino. Everybody. Everybody called okay. me Rhino. All right. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I got no, I got no dirt on dirt on that. <laughs> yeah. What were so? What were some of your first? Like it's it's so unique because you are you grew up here and yeah. and you're ingrained in this. Like, what are some of your early Minnesota sports memories that you can uh, that you can go back and, and recall? Oh, I, I have a number of them, and it's they they span from you know from from everything from go for football to you know you know obviously go for basketball. I mean, and then I was. At some of the the heartbreaking um, Vikings games, you know, when I was a child uh, with my dad, um, you know, I, and uh, I actually was not, you know, I, I was not at the the Twins last Twins World Series, but I'm, you know, not to put anything on them. I feel good about where where we're going. I know it's early in the season, but um, and then obviously, obviously the uh, you know, obviously a lot of Wolf games for me. So some special yeah. mem- special memories there. What is since we all have to uh, we all have to. To, to have a moment in our lives as Minnesota sports fans where you like reality punched you in the face. Yeah. What's the like what's the saddest Minnesota sports ever made you on a playing surface? Oof. You know, I I'll I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> hey, this is actually one what was it what was it was it ninety six when um the, the, the Gary Anderson missed field goal? Ninety eight. Ninety eight, I'm sorry, ninety eight. Yeah. I re- I remember um so uh, you know I was ten what I was 12 years old, and my dad, we're, right, as, right as he gets up there, my dad leaned over, and he goes, hey, he goes, we're going. He goes, he goes we, uh, he, he hasn't missed a field goal all year. And sure enough, there it was. I, cr- I, I was 13. Yeah, I yeah, did. Hurt. I cried after that game. Yeah, that, that hurt. That hurt. Did yeah. you cry, Ryan? Um, I, I don't remember, but, um, but that, one, that one hurt. I, I remember it hurt. <laughs> I, still, I still remember exactly how it went down. <laughs> I think that leads us perfectly into asking you about being the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because what a devastating Minnesota sports. No, 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 sports no, no. How, how much he cares. How much he cares. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. this is a Minnesota yeah. sports fan who just got the head coaching job for the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves. And I think we forget often, Ryan, about human nature when we talk about yeah. professional athletes or coaches in professional sports. There is something to the notion that you want it here more than you want it anywhere else, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, um, you know, that's one thing I'd tell people is that this was more than a job to me. Um, and this, this was, you know, never something, uh, a job I politicked for or a, do- a job I, you know, had my eyes on. Um, you know, I knew it was a dream job to be in the, be in the NBA. There's only 30 of these jobs. So I knew that, um, you know, whatever one was, you know, whenever my first head coaching job came about, um, I knew it was going to be special. But this, this just, you know, this, you can't really put into words, um, but I understand there's a lot of work to be done, and, and I'm up to the challenge. But you, I, I, I'm guessing at some point you like this was a goal at some point. Maybe it happened earlier than you thought for, yeah. for different reasons. But I mean, has this been something you've been thinking about for ten years, or like in terms of like I want to be a coach at some point of an NBA basketball team? Yeah, no, this was this was always the goal for me. I mean, this was what I uh, you, you work for. I mean, I think a lot of times you have. You, you work, and especially as an assistant in professional sports, um, you might be content being, you know, an, an assistant. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, guys are trying to work their way up, and um, I want to do it the right way, just by hard work and not um, not getting any, working for everything. Um, obviously, I've had some great opportunities, but when you get in those opportunities, you got you got to do the job, and um, you know, I look forward to continuing that. Hey, in uh, oh, by the way, Ryan Saunders is with us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Judd today; he is uh, in Las Vegas doing Judd things. <laughs> but what? So when when you go back, because I think was it 
It was like 10 years ago uh, when you were an assistant with Washington, correct? Yep. Yeah, what exactly. was ten, ten years ago? What were you, what were your first duties as an assistant coach for Flip and with the Washington the, yeah. the Gilbert Arenas Washington Wizards huh. ten years ago? Yeah, that was a that was an interesting um, you know interesting in, in the NBA um, that experience because I, I went through a lot of changes in Washington and um, you know a lot of things happened, um, but you know it it, it helped shape me uh, for this for this opportunity and for this role. And the, you know, early, early on duties, I mean, just breaking in, I mean, I was, I did um, a lot of different stuff with video. I did a lot of stuff with scouting. Um, I was the guy that players called at, you know, hey, Gilbert Arena, he, he'd call me at 2 a.m. at times, and I'd meet him up at the gym to shoot. And, um, you know, that was my, what I, I promised myself that if, if a player, you know, if a player ever wanted to, to get working and try to get better, uh, no matter what the hour was in the day, if I had, if I didn't have to leave a, a full commitment, um, I was going to meet that player to help them get better. So really, just giving myself up for the team. Talking with Bucks head coach, excuse me, Wolves head coach. I just, I just, I just came from Milwaukee, we, Ryan. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. We, we hired Rami four oh, months ago. And he was in Milwaukee for you know 12 what? years. And Ryan, I've, I've, I've made that <laughs> mistake. I've made that mistake like three times, and of course, I do it when I'm on the phone with the head coach <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the Wolves. Congrats. My bad. My bad. But we're on the phone with uh, Ryan Saunders. I'd, I'd love to still be. I'd love to still be playing right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I. I've been reading a lot, and I'm really fascinated by the the process by which you eventually got hired. But that got opened up to other candidates when when that news was broken to you by Garrison Rosas. A how how I'm just going to use the word scared. How scared were you that your dream yeah. job was at your fingertips and, and could be ripped away from you in a sense? And did you ever get the sense that you had a leg up or an advantage in 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 the the decision? Yeah, I mean, I'll answer your second question. Second question first. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I think when when you're in the in the interview process, if you if you have a knowledge of the of the roster and you have a knowledge of of the individual players, um, that automatically gives you, you know, I guess you could say some sort of leg up. But um, you know, it was made very clear to me when you know Gerson, who was you know great in terms of being transparent. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, you don't want to hear that they're opening up the. The search. You'd like to just hear that you're, you know, you're getting the job. But I understand. I understand how this goes. This is professional basketball. And uh, you know, when when he was very transparent with me and telling me, hey, we're going to open up the sh- the search, and uh, you'll you know you'll be you know for the job as well in that sense. Um, you know, went on for I don't know what a week and a half. Uh, you know, so yeah, there were there were a number of doubts in terms of you know, hey, this, this might be. Um, you know, you might be might be looking at different options for next year, uh, but then you know things kind of transpire on Sunday, and uh, now I'm here talking to you guys. Yeah. Um, so with you and Gerson now, how did you guys want Timberwolves basketball to look this yeah. year and for the next three years? What do you want it to look and feel like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're we're we've been talking a lot. Um, we spent a number of hours, you know, talking both. You know, offensively, defensively, as well as you know, culturally and just philosophically within the organization. And um, you know, one of the things we want to do is we want to play. You know, I, I don't want to necessarily use the term modern basketball all the time, but you know, you want to play a more modern game where players can use their individual abilities to you know, in terms of reading and reacting, um, and not necessarily having to call sets every every time down the court. And uh, you know, try to play more free flowing, but also balance that out with um, you know, an unbelievable talent in Carl Anthony Towns. 
um, who who's a guy that you can throw the ball in the post and he commands a lot of attention. Um, and then play through, you know, Andrew. He had a strong end, end of the season as well. So we have a number of good options in that sense. And then defensively, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some different things. We understand that's definitely a, an area that we, we need to get better on, better in. Um, you know, obviously we, we want guys who are high-level defenders, tough players, but also guys that can guard multiple positions. Do you think we got a good read or a good sense of what kind of coach you are last season when you took over for Tom Thibodeau? Because I, I don't think we do. I think the circumstances you took over – almost made that impossible between the chaos yeah. and the injuries and just how hard it is for a head coach to take over midseason. Yeah. I don't think we got a great read for who you are as a head coach. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, and that's a very fair question. And, and it's, um, you know, I think, I think there are some things that you can take from, from you know, those 42 games, that sample size, uh, in terms of the fact that I'm, I'm willing and open to um, trying different things and sticking with something that, that may be working. Um, but you're right. There will be changes. Um, I believe those changes will be able to be seen early on, um, and I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, Ryan Saunders, what is what's your favorite thing you learned from your dad? Um, my favorite thing, you know, it, it was. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things, but it's uh, the, the relational relationship um, aspect of coaching and how important that is. Um, you know, he, he taught me that early, you know, in terms of, you know, coach the, coach the person, um, not the athlete first, uh, you, you know, and, and then you'll, you'll be able to usually get through to them in a different way. So that, that, that's the thing I probably took from him most. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been, it, it's, it's been great to see this progression from you and, uh, and we congratulate you. We actually do have a couple more twins nicknames coming in here just before we say yeah, bye to on. you. I mean, lay, lay them on me. People keep <laughs> tweeting them in here to us. Uh, Big D, uh, Wisconsin, I think this is. He says, what about the run gauntlet? The run gauntlet. Mm. They can score. Yeah. I don't know about that one. The, the Twin City. Here's one from Gabe. The Minnesota. This is a playoff fishing. Okay. The, okay. the Minnesota launch anglers. Oh, that's a that's an aggressive one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a that's a that's a summer cabin. Uh, somebody's got the summer cabin um, fever on their mind. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, once we get done with this one, we'll come up with a nickname for you guys for the 2019. Yeah, next time we season, talk, right? I'll have some terrible, terrible suggestions. I was, and I was going to say, I look forward to hearing those. Yeah, and I'll try not to call you the Bucks head coach. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Or, or the Bulls. Or yeah. the Bulls. Whatever. That is Raptors head coach uh, Ryan Saunders with us, everybody. Wolves, Wolves, Wolves. Yeah. Got it. I got it, Ryan. We're all set. All right. All right. Well, see, thanks, you, guys. see you, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Will do. <laughs> you and Bucks. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> you have, you've right done there. a great job. I know. You haven't said the fan in Milwaukee. You haven't said the Packers. Like I've maybe said Bucks instead of instead of Wolves. Like like I said, that was probably the third time I've done it since I got here. I think I've said Brewers instead of Twins maybe twice. I've never mixed up the Vikings and the Packers. One time I gave out half our old phone number at the Milwaukee station before I realized, <laughs> oh yeah, that's not the number here. But while I'm on the phone with Ryan Saunders, I make that. And it's an easy mistake to make. So again, don't at me. It's a very easy mistake to make if you do what I do and you've made a switch relatively recently. It's it's muscle memory, man. I think you should absolutely at Rami. It's at Rami is tweeting (sighs) if you want to give uh, Rami some some crap there. Let's recap a couple things that he talked about there All right. when we come back. And I know we've been jam-packed with Minnesota sports stuff. We just had Ryan Saunders on. but I could use a breather. In other news. I could use a break from the hard-hitting sports talk. Yes. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. 
Thank you, Jonathan Harrison, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Judd back on Friday. And uh, just if you missed the Ryan Saunders interview in which he talks about his Minnesota sports fandom, he helped us try and nickname the Twins, which was super fun. And you can find that pretty soon here after the show's over on our podcast page on the app that Jonathan mentions and on scorenorth.com. Also, if you're not following us on Scornorth Twitter, we had some fun today. We had to blow off a little Minnesota sports team because this is the 20th anniversary of Office Space, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Same. Lumberg, <laughs> Flair, so many, so many things. Yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on front Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> my stapler. Where's my They told me I could keep my stapler. And the St. Saint Paul Saints, the St. Saint Paul Saints were celebrating the 20th anniversary of Office Space. And uh, let's just say they gave us a printer and a bat, and we recreated one of the best scenes from Office Dude, Space a- today. It was a great stress relief. B, it was insanely fun to get out there and do that. And C, it is, and I'm not just saying this because I'm part of it. I don't, I don't hype stuff like this that I'm part of unless I really believe in it. It is amazingly well done. Like, I know we're not the first to recreate that scene from Office Space, <laughs> but shout out to Social Media Seth, who was our director, yeah. our, our editor, our, and, and he did an amazing job of putting that thing together. And watch to the end if you want to see me dance, if that's a thing that you've ever wanted to see. Or don't watch after like a minute and a half if you don't want to see Robbie dance. <laughs> Either way, you've been warned. Follow Score North on Twitter. I believe this is also being posted on Instagram and YouTube. It's so good. So It's so good. Go check that out. All right, what stood out the most to you in our conversation with Ryan Saunders? Um, he was He was loose. He likes he. We don't see that side of him very often. You, you can tell that he's a fun dude. He's yeah. a fun dude, and you can and he's just a dude. He's just a regular Minnesota sports dude who's yeah. gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot as a Minnesota sports fan, and now he has a chance. I can't imagine how cool that is. Like I've always, you know, when you're a kid growing up, you dream about being a player and doing great things for that team that you grow up rooting for. But it seems like for him, from an early age, because of who his dad was earlier than most of us. He probably turned his attention to being a coach yeah. and now living that dream and having the chance to directly impact and change the history of Minnesota sports that we went over with him yeah. in, excru- in excruciating detail. Yeah. I think what, what, st- what stood out the most to me, aside from him having fun and helping us name the twins and, the, and those type of things, but I really loved when he started talking about the vision because we asked him, what do you want Minnesota Timberwolves basketball to look and feel like the next for this season and the next few years? And he and he mentioned Carl Anthony Towns as the centerpiece and just something that flows cohesively in today's NBA, both on the court and off the court. And it's just like the Wolves have always been a step off, for, ex- except for that one season in 2003, 2004 where they put everything together and they had some bad luck injury uh, moments there with Sam Cassell. They've always been a step behind the league over here or the front office is not able to put the right pieces around Kevin Garnett over there or they've just been flat out bad in all areas. And so if if they were right, if Glenn Taylor made the right hire in Gerson Rosas, and I think he did, I think Glenn Taylor deserves a lot of heat the last 25 years, but I think he got this right. And, it, and if he did, it's going to change the franchise. Rosas seems like a different hire than Glenn Taylor hires of the past. Even he's having very much different than David Kahn. Even having just gotten than, here, yeah. I get the sense that he's a very different hire than what Glenn Taylor has made in the past. So yes. I feel like 
And I know this is hard for people who have been through what they've been through, but I feel like you owe that guy the benefit of the doubt. If nothing else, you owe Garrison Rosas the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Yes. I think if you get rid of the stigma, right? The stigma is the wrong word because it's it's a reality. If you if you but if you if you just take away the history, I know it's hard, but the last twenty or twenty five years of history, and you just go off of what do people around the league think of Gerson Rosas, and what do you think of the process that Glenn Taylor implemented by putting a smart guy and Ethan Casson in charge, and then a committee of smart people to come to a conclusion? I love it all, and I wonder why didn't you do this twenty years? Why didn't you do this ten years ago? Twenty years ago, they had Kevin McHale flip Saunders, and McHale did. Did some bad stuff in the front office and like had the Joe Smith contract. But basically, anything that doesn't involve Flip Saunders to this point in franchise history has been an epic failure for the Timberwolves. Right. So, yeah. So go check that out if you missed it. Ryan Saunders was excellent and uh, it, was, it was a really fun conversation. But we have left some room. Oh, boy. Rami Maclaw. Oh, buddy. In other news. Yeah, it's the middle of the week, it's the middle of the show, and uh, we need a break from all that hard-hitting sports talk that we bring you on a regular basis here on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. So it's time for In Other News. Uh, This story comes to us from uh, South Bay, Florida, because it's Florida. Of course. Rosie Brown has two rambunctious little dogs, Penny and Daisy. When she headed out of town for a wedding three weeks ago, she turned to a popular app to find a pet sitter called WAG, which, by the way... Olivia Munn was one of the original investors in WAG. Uh, Brown met a 26-year-old WAG dog walker and sitter. Her name was Brangle. She told, I don't know, that's a weird name. She told Dad Noise. She had 210 five-star reviews, and I'm thinking, okay, this is great. They agreed on uh, four and a half days of house-sitting with long walks for $315 and discussed the doggy cam on the kitchen counter. It also shoots out treats. That's awesome. That's That's an amazing doggy cam. Brown headed to Louisiana and on the day of her cousin's wedding, received an alert from the camera. On the preview on the alert, it showed a man in our house, someone that I wasn't expecting, said Brown. So I opened it up, and that's when I saw she was there with a man in our house, and they were going straight for our bedroom. Oh, no. And I'll let the local ABC7 affiliate take the story from here, Jonathan. Just checking, you knew that there was a security camera there. I did. A South Bay pet sitter caught on camera getting romantic in a customer's home after being hired through a popular dog walking app. Yeah, the story provides some tips in this gig economy. If you use phone apps the whole for delivery, story? personal shopping, we have just the interview? massage, or dog walking. Yeah, amazing. Uh, reporter Dan it's the whole thing. Here it wasn't just the interview. One customer's nightmare. So strange. What a it story. Is. Let me just read you the transcript of the interview. That okay. might be easier. I should have done this ahead of time. So Noise says, she believes that you were having sex in both of the bedrooms. The dog sitter Brangle says, it's okay that she believes that. That's not what was going on. Brangle's father and mother also visited, even though WAG guidelines says it's walkers and sitters should not allow any third parties into the home of the pet parents. Now she's had her boyfriend, her mom, and her dad over while she's sitting. Wow. And several times the camera caught Brangle naked on the couch what? that Rosie Brown had saved six months to buy. Brangle said it got hot. As I've said, I don't like wearing clothes. Wait, so she's claiming that there were no extracurricular activities yes. happening. No, she's but just that she's hot. like she's naked because she's hot. She's hot. So then the interviewer said to see that vi- or no, this is the uh the the woman who hired her to see that video where she's butt naked sitting on it, laying on it. That was really hard cuz we just bought it. I don't lay down right there, you know? <laughs> you know? 
The interviewer said, oh, really? It's actually affected the way you use your own couch? Brown said, that actually used to be my favorite spot, right in the middle <laughs> of it. Anymore. I don't really touch it. Noise said she can't sit at her favorite spot any longer because she has that image of you being naked on that same spot. Do you understand that? Dog Sitter Brangle says, I do, I do, and I feel terrible about it. It was not something I did with intent or malice. You can't sit on somebody's brand new couch they saved six months for, but Wait naked. A second. You can you can say it was done without malice. You can't say you were naked on someone else's couch without intent. <laughs> yeah, what you, did you intend to do? You certainly Sorry, intended the to do just that. Fell off. It was completely on accident. <laughs> and I don't I'm know with, how it happened, dude. I am with this woman. There, that couch is is forever tainted. Once I see the dog sitter just lounging around naked on my couch. So, is, so just to sum this, it did. Is she saying the dog sitter, the naked dog sitter? Is she saying she knew there was a camera and didn't care? Seems I, a, like it. Apparently, she was told there was a camera there, and the camera. This is what really got me. Besides the fact that cameras caught them locking the dogs outside of the house and outside of the master bedroom while they were doing whatever they were doing in there. Don't do that to the dog. She she was caught on camera yelling at the dog and calling it the b word. What? Yeah. That would make me more mad than sitting on the couch naked. I don't know which one would get me more mad. Now I got because now I got to go buy a new couch. Like it, this lady just stopped sitting in that spot. If it's me, I got to go get a new damn couch. Have you guys ever used pet sitting services before? No, I have. Or actually, I have. I've used a dog walker, not a pet sitter. I have. I don't want and, anybody uh, hanging around my house. Yeah, quite. It's 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 very helpful, but I don't have a camera that follows their every move. So I and I almost wouldn't want one. What would you do with that couch if that's you? I'm good with it. Get it washed. I'm okay with it. Get it cleaned. There's I'm no, fine with it. There's no cleaning that. Yeah. No. It's clean. I know we normally stay away from sports stories here in other news because mm-hmm. it's our island away from sports, right? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't resist this headline and story from Deadspin. Alex Rodriguez and his lawyers very much don't want anyone to see a photo of him on the toilet. <laughs> what? That's right. What? There's a photo of ESPN baseball analyst and former Yankees pariah Alex Rodriguez using a bathroom for its intended purpose. He's sitting on the throne. The picture was snapped from the building adjacent to A-Rod's wow. as he sat on the toilet, but there's nothing explicit about it. The only noticeable details are that there's a monogrammed towel on the rack suggesting that it's A-Rod's residence. He must have, like, A-Rod towels next to him while he's sitting on the <laughs> And that he's and that he's looking at his phone while taking a jeter. Oh, dude! <laughs> wow. Alex Rodriguez, however, does not want anyone to see him closing deals as he's passing meals. Okay, let me ask you this: Were you done with the story yet, or is there more to it? Well, let me read a couple more lines okay. then. Okay, as reported, uh, the ex-Yankee has rounded up his lawyer so they can figure out who took the photo and take action. They don't want this photo out publicly of Arod doing his business. On his own toilet. Is this any more embarrassing than the photo that he voluntarily took as part of a photo shoot shirtless pressed up against a mirror making out with himself? That's the best part. He wants that photo out. (laughs) Exactly. Now he's picky about which photos he wants out there. So here's the best part about this on the Deadspin story. You can find the photo on Twitter with a simple search, but in case you cannot, here is an artist's interpretation of the photo. There's a drawing. (laughs) 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 Ha 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 
<laughs> but that's got to be illegal, right? He he's got to have some legal ground yeah, to mean, stand like, on to keep that photo from getting from getting out. People can't yeah. take pictures to your bathroom window and put them out there publicly. So I used to I used to live a, several years ago. I lived in a place that was like it was a in a, a building where the window faced nothing basically. I mean, it faced like it faced nature, right? And so I would keep windows open on that side because. Like sure. who, who's out there? I mean, I guess if you're going to zoom in from the woods or something, but if you're in a downtown New York high rise and <laughs> right. there's other people's windows across from you and you're and you have a window in your bathroom, that's on you, man. If somebody snaps a photo of you, that's on you at that point. <laughs> Close your curtains, man. <laughs> I got to defend a rod on this one. I don't, know about, I don't know. Jonathan, you got one? Uh, Dateline Portland, Oregon. A Forest Grove man pleaded guilty after admitting he stole his daughter's Girl Scout cookie proceeds to pay for an erotic massage. Oh, yes. Who has not been there in their life? <laughs> do, we name, do we name the name here? If it's, if in, it's the in the article, right. yeah. Brian David Couture was ordered to do 80 hours of community service and pay restitution for filing a false report. Couture called police on March 6, 2019, saying a stranger had come into his home through the sliding glass door and fought him. The Washington County District Attorney's Office said Couture's laptop was damaged and seven hundred dollars was missing from a jar of his daughter's Girl Scout cookie sales. Wow. Seven hundred dollars for an erotic massage. Dude, Robert Kraft wasn't paying that much. Like, <laughs> no. He's a billionaire. Right. Gotta be honest, I think you've put together like a pretty nice fantasy there. If I mean if I if I could get those mint, those little like green box mint cookies mm. and get the massage at the same time, mm. I don't know what else I need. That's a happy ending. <laughs> In other news, I don't know about you guys. There are very few things that I hate more than the mischaracterization and mislabeling of millennials, and it happens all all the time. This might be the worst case ever, though. Have you guys seen Monopoly for Millennials? Oh no! Yeah, I like Monopoly. I'm I'm a big fan of Monopoly. I owe uh, Simpsons Monopoly. Does it allow you a chance to just like if you get bored with the game after a few minutes to just like play a new game? Because I feel like that's a millennial (laughs) thing too, right? Where well, we get bored with things easily. We quit jobs instead of acquiring property and ripping off your friends and family members. Monopoly for millennials, man. It's all about going through experiences, my brothers and sisters. Players can buy such things as crashing on a friend's couch. Yeah. Going to a vegan bistro. Is boardwalk just brunch? You can even hit weekend-long meditation retreats. <laughs> According to the game's description, instead of collecting as much cash as possible, players are challenged to rack up the most experiences to win. Travel around the game board, discovering and visiting cool places to eat, shop, and relax. And the player with the most debt gets to roll first. Yeah. <laughs> Because, oh, come on, it's hilarious. I'm a millennial, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. People think millennials don't like money. They think we're all poor because we don't want money and we want to be in debt. No, man, y'all did that to us with college. Yeah, but like, we, it's not our fault. We're also the first group of idiots that will spend like 12 bucks on a on a craft cocktail or something, too. Hey, man, too. that cocktail's good. Yeah. Let's gladly gladly pay ten bucks for a beer. It's not of- doing well. Monopoly for millennials is not. It's not selling very we well at the it. moment. We should play. Uh, Rapping with Roycey. When we come back here, that was in other news. In other news. Every Wednesday on Mackie and Judd with Rami Roycey. I'm guessing has thoughts on St. Thomas getting kicked out of the Mayak and other things. When we come back here, uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is a huge help to business owners out there. 
So let's uh, let's talk about those things that Federated Mutual Insurance Company can help you with, business owners. I have not talked about this a whole lot on the show, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. One successfully, one not so much. I've learned some lessons on both sides. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, never-ending sea of problems to solve, but also the exhilaration of those incremental wins that you experience too. So if you're a business owner, Federated Insurance not only brings you great policies, but also a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. Doesn't that sound great? Just having an insurance company, which is a necessity if you own a business, having an insurance company that has your back in every possible way with experience for over a century. You can go to their website. It's very easy to find. Just go to federatedinsurance.com. Find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd in Vegas. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, All right, Pat, what will the collective total score be of St. Thomas versus the bottom feeders in the Mayak this fall? Well, especially St. Olaf, where this all started with with its multi zenith. And uh, I believe, here's what's interesting. The MIAC schedule has been set up for the last four years. So one year, just by the draw, St. Thomas has been playing uh, like the rest of the first division. Bethel, St. John's, uh, Gustavus, and Concordia at at home, and the dogs on the road, you know, the mutts, the second half. Uh, and and that this year, I think all those teams are who all obviously voted against St. Thomas, Augsburg would have voted if they'd taken a vote. Augsburg, Hamlin, St. Olaf, and Carl, they're all coming to St. Thomas, I believe, not only... Not only uh, do they uh, will he will they be able to put a thrashing on them, but they'll be able to do it in front of their bloodthirsty home fans. So that'll be pretty good. Yeah, it it, it could be ugly. They did beat St. Olaf ninety-seven to nothing, and Ooh, having yeah. them uh, having them uh, be the leaders in the charge, they might go for one hundred and twenty-five. I don't know. So what? Although St. Olaf's got a little better. So. Like what is the like what is the defense of this? Like what is like have you? Well, oh, I'd like to tell you, yeah, but well, they they said uh, what the, they they finally released a statement and said that uh, it's a competitive imbalance, which uh, you know, and they they didn't really mention it only. I think they negotiated the statement with uh, St. Thomas when I read it that uh, first of all, I'm sure the MIC would have said St. Thomas has decided to leave the league instead of involuntarily. That was uh, they negotiated with St. Thomas for it, but uh, I don't know. They just uh, think that uh, I guess uh, that you know they should have a chance to win another football game every year than uh, when they're playing St. Thomas. And of course, you know, before Caruso came there, the year before that, uh, they were two and eight. St. Thomas, <laughs> they were uh, you know this is uh, he came in and built a powerhouse, and they're all mad at him. So. This is this is all football driven, no matter what they tell you, Phil. Because the other sports, okay, St. Thomas might have won ten straight basketball titles, but when they win them, they're nineteen and three, you know, or something. They, they lose a couple, and nobody gets hurt. So uh, this is all football driven. But I believe Mount Union in Ohio had a hundred and twelve game winning streak in their conference that ended about two or three years ago. Yeah. This is this is Division Three football. It's this way all over the country, and in fact, to some degree, St. This has been more balanced because St. Thomas and St. John's 
uh, and Bethel was, you know, has beat last year. Bethel beat St. Thomas. St. Thomas won six and two. They have not tr- trampled. You know, here, Phil, here's the stat. Last year, the bottom four teams in the league against the top five teams in the league went on 20. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't win any. They, it wasn't, they, they went 0-4 against St. Thomas, but they went 0-4 against everybody else, too. They went 0-20. So it's, uh, it's, it's personal, actually, more than anything else. What's amazing to schools like, St. Kate's, uh, you know, which has nothing, you know, heck, they they share classrooms with with uh, St. Thomas, but they were going to vote against them. They're mad about them about something. The to, and, to me, St. Mary's doesn't even play football. Why are they voting against them? I don't. To me, I know this is a this is Division One versus Division Three, but the West Coast Conference in Division One basketball has has to me has a better case to kick Gonzaga out of its league oh, yeah, than this. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, what is it? How many in a row? What is it? Like 20 in a row or something for Gonzaga? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. You're right. It's, uh, well, and this is football from division, you know, from FCS to the bottom, to division three. I mean, the FCS, We've since we started the college football playoffs, how many teams have gone? About eight. And Alabama's been in all of them, right? Yep. I mean, it's uh, it's top football by its nature at the college level is a very imbalanced thing, and, and at the high school level too. I mean, right? Uh, I mean, the, you know, Eden Prairie's won what twelve state titles in twenty years or something like that. I mean, it's it's the nature of football, but uh, it's jealousy and pettiness, and uh, they've also now put themselves in a situation where they're a one bid conference uh, for the. Playoffs. I think that in in Division Three, there's 32 teams and 25 conferences, and seven conferences get a second bid. And the MIC has often got a second bid, but uh, those days are over. Pat, speaking of things in, in football that don't make sense, I really thought that when uh, Eric Kendricks had his contract restructured that the Kyle Rudolph drama was over with the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Today I see a report that they're still asking him to do a five-year extension slash restructure. He maybe is not so uh, a- 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 agreeable well, to that. What do you make of all this? Money? Are they putting money in it or not? Wasn't the problem was they wanted him to restructure, but they, he was, they were going to then pay him his money over five years, but they weren't going to put any more guaranteed money in it, right? Or not significantly more. I don't know. I don't know. You think as, uh, as, as much of a community guy as he's been here and obviously enjoys it here, do you think he's got somewhere in the back of his mind? Boy, wouldn't it be great to go catch seventy a year from uh, from Brady for a couple more years, for a couple of years here? I mean, he wouldn't make any more money, but he might have more fun. You know, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know without Gronkowski. I see Diggs didn't show up for the OTAs, huh? Is he is he upset with his contract? Now? I don't know. He's uh, making less than Thielen now, right? Or is he it... just uh, yes, less than Thielen? And you know what? I just had this great thought though, and I think I, I just sort of tweeted it out. In fact. You know what Dick should say when people say, why didn't you show up for the start of OTAs? Hmm. He should steal the uh, Zim playbook. I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember Zim's great I quote? I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Why didn't, Offensive why line. Didn't you bring, why did you bring back the offensive line coach? I didn't want to. Yep. Yeah. I did so, uh, like it. I hope Dick's I I <laughs> uh, got that one uh, waiting for him. So, 
What are we going to do about this ball club? My God, yeah. they put up those seven those seven runs in a hurry, didn't they? It is May twenty second, <laughs> and they have a seven game lead over the Indians after the Indians lost today to the Oakland yeah, Athletics. They got, they got beat again today, Cleveland. They they have no offense at all, and uh, and uh, and of course they don't have Kluber. This Rodriguez kid that they they're supposed to be one of their prospects. They put in the rotation. He's one and four now. He's getting knocked around and. Uh, it's uh, you know I don't know. It's let's not let's keep it somewhat interesting. We don't want to be now. Our excuse in July is uh, going to be well, they're too far ahead. Everybody's bored. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're not going to the games. Everybody's bored. It's, it's not really a race. So uh, we decided not to go to the games. So. Yeah, Pat. Maybe we'll have the. It seems the only problem yeah. with this Twins team is they have too many players. Now the Sarayas <laughs> kid is so good, they can't send him back down. I don't know what they're going to do with him. What do you think? What do you think of the mug on this kid? He and Dodge the Eagle. Somebody in Venezuela should draw cartoons with these two guys. Stars, <laughs> right? Should they? I mean, they got what mugs they got on him. He got the chubby running and. Arias, he looks like Bruce Boudreaux's long-lost Venezuelan nephew. <laughs> he's, got this, he's got this, he's got this, like, square. Somehow he's got a face that's both square and chubby. It just sits on top of his head. And, by the way, I know you guys are not believers in uh, the, you know, the, the old rules or the, uh, what the, the unwritten rules, but if that kid keeps walking across the plate when he swings and misses, you know, which he's done about, or he fouls the ball back and he keeps walking around the plate and makes that circle around. Somebody's going to hit him in the neck. Somebody is not going to take it well. He is, uh, I mean, I like a lot of the stuff yeah. about him and being happy when he hit the home run. But every time you swing and miss, you cannot take a lap or follow one back. You cannot take a lap around the catcher. Yeah, and uh, that's going to get you in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Uh, I imagine doing that like thirty years ago, but you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't oh, feel yeah. comfortable he, enough he, to do he, it thirty he, years ago. He'd already be in a coma, so that'd be okay. <laughs> you know, that would, he would have turned around from his walk, and uh, Early Wind would have been standing there looking at him. You know the famous story about Early Wind, the old mean old Cleveland pitcher who's. Some guy, I don't know who it was, was digging with his left foot, and, it, you know, pawing yeah. in the batter's box. And when he looked up, early wind was standing there and says, you better make that hole deep enough to bury yourself yep. in it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you better dig that hole about six feet, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, I love the kid. It's, what are they gonna, it's fantastic. He's obviously going to go back as soon as uh, Cruz is ready, but... Uh, but, uh, I think it I just shows I, you that if, it, it, not if, but when the time comes here in the next couple months to pull the trigger on a trade, that they've got guys that we've never heard of coming up and hitting home runs and going back. I mean, they've, they've got 20 yeah, guys they well, could trade I, from. If, so, if somebody wants a utility infielder, I don't think Adrian is available because this kid's, you know, as, as good as he's looked in three games, he's not even probably one of their top three middle infield prospects. Yeah. So he, he might be a. You know, but he's having a good time. I guess everybody's having a good time. Yes, uh, and we're and we're gonna. If you if you got any ideas, we're trying to figure out a nickname for this bunch, and we've had people tweeting them in. So think on oh. it and let us know what you wanna what okay. you wanna call these guys. How about, uh, how about uh, somebody in the chubby Benzawellans? I don't know. Who the, <laughs> we'll have to say the. the uh, yeah, who's our? Uh, Can we fit that on a T-shirt? Well, yeah, that's probably too long for a T-shirt, Pat. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. 
All right. Well, think yeah. on it, and we'll ask you again. Right. We'll ask you again. All right. Tomorrow. And All right. by the way, next time Judd goes to Vegas, tell him you don't want to hear from him, will you? Like his morning Judd videos? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, not that. Last he's night? Writing, well, so- he's writing stories and stuff here in Vegas. Yeah, he's, get drunk and raise hell. He's <laughs> our he's our Bill Belichick. No days off. He is for Judd Zolgad. Yep. Unbelievable. I'm getting texts from him today about some guy who's on the Blues taxi squad. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you, Pat. <laughs> so, Judd was like putting out the vibe on Twitter. Hey, what's the best sports pick in Vegas? And people are like, Oh, this place has great. This. He's like, I'm not gambling. I just want to watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> Do that in your room, Judd. Mackie and Judd with Rami. See you guys tomorrow. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.